Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Marion. Oh my gosh, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. What a I've time made- this podcast. <laughs> this podcast has been in the making since I think you called me and you're like, so I want to chat to you about your coaching. And we just ended up on the phone for like an hour. And I was like, can you come on the podcast? <laughs> classic, classic banter. Yeah, no, um, it's been, this has been brewing in me for quite a long time. Uh, and I think, yeah, we connected uh, with the goal and dream of helping me bring this work to life. So I'm really excited to to dive deep and and offer up what I can to our amazing listeners. Yeah, I have no doubt you're going to share some incredible wisdom and you're the boss today. I'm here to learn from you and we I really am excited for you to share your knowledge and wisdom with our audience um, because I was just saying offline to Marion about how I went back and listened to my podcast with Amy McNee about the human side of running a business and when I was feeling, you know, overwhelmed this morning and a little bit anxious and I was like, oh, that's so nice to have those little resources where you can just go and get a little pick-me-up. So I have a feeling today is going to be one of those therapy sessions (laughs) where... (laughs) We can dive deep into, you know, a re-listen podcast that you can put on repeat when you're having a tough time, but also you just need a reminder of, you know, what what you're capable of. I yeah, I, I hope so too. And we've got a lot to cover, and I'll try, <laughs> I'll try to make it um, as practical as possible. I love a practical tip, and I will. I'm here for all of it. But let's um kick off. <laughs> getting carried away let's um do you want to introduce yourself your business and a bit of the background and the amazing research you've done over the years yes so uh, I'm Dr Marion Piper and I am a creativity coach and copywriter so I've been running my business uh, as myself as a solo legend um, since July 2019 also great idea to start a business before a pandemic but how can you know those things are going to happen right um (laughs) <laughs> and my um, my background is uh, a little interesting, um, as I'm sure most people, you know, everyone's got a story. Um, but my business primarily at the moment is I do a lot of um, website copy and blog writing for purpose-driven brands, uh, in particularly in mental health and anyone sort of creative, creatively geared. So I tend to work with a lot of startups as well particularly around their brand voice and messaging. Um, And as we sort of go through um, today's uh, conversation, you'll sort of see um, little glimpses into how I'm able to do that because I think it is a very particular skill uh, that that I know I have a a very specific flavour of. So um, just before I started my business, uh, I, you know, as someone who is multi-passionate, uh, I tend to do about 7,000 things at once. So um, through my 20s, um, I lived abroad a lot. I worked at an American summer camp, which I loved. Shout out to Bucks Rock. Um, <laughs> that was and- a dream of mine, by the way. I was always oh. like, I want to work on a summer camp. 
They are incredible. And this one was so foundational, I think, to my understanding of what a what creativity is. Um, and I'm so incredibly lit up by creativity as a concept, let alone people's creative work, which is like a whole other, <laughs> a whole other thing to explore. Um, but I uh, have always been um, very passionate about research and about getting to the bottom of things. So I went all the way through academia. I did my undergrad in fine arts. I did an honours year in photo media because I wanted to be a video artist. Um, and then I did a master's in writing. And then I cherry on top was the PhD project I finished in 2017, which I think was the culmination of both my life experience and the the things that I've seen and gone through, as well as my creative passion and and my creative practice, um, which has always been around the the relationship between communication and um, I guess adversity and trauma. Mm. Oh man, there's so much here that we can dive into. Um, but I love the fact that you're a doctor <laughs> and you're a doctor on, yeah, communication and, and exactly everything that our community and I need. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the research that you've developed because I think what I'm really keen to dive in with and get your experience on is as a creative or an entrepreneur, it's really easy to have a billion different feelings in one day about whether you're doing great or you're not doing so well, things work out, some things don't, you get setbacks, you get no's, you, you know, spiral in your head about, you know, whether you're doing the right thing or if it's even going to work. And you've done a lot of work around, um, it's called like what we call, are you calling it spiral up? Is that the program? Yes, yes. So at the moment I'm developing uh, a way to deliver all this research, which is, honestly saved my life time and time and time again. Um, And so uh, let me think of the best way to talk about this. So my, my hypothesis for my PhD was really around like when, when the, when shit goes down, why do some people, you know, fall apart and they can't pick themselves back up again? But more importantly, why do some people go on to not only bounce back, but to thrive. And, you know, you you probably know people in your life that do this already, you know, they suffer an incredible setback. And then, you know, it seems like the next minute, they are just, you know, they've hit the ground running, they're doing better than they were before. And so I've always been fascinated by by that process, um, mostly because, uh, you know, this idea of like, we always um, experience what we know, or we try to teach what we know. And when I was a kid, um, I grew up with an alcoholic mother and we grew up on the poverty line and there was every opportunity for me to, you know, take drugs, become a drug addict, go down that path, but I didn't. And I was always fascinated why. So that's kind of where the research started from. Um, and I've seen, and I'll introduce a couple of con- uh, concepts to you here that I think um, even just knowing these concepts um, can change the game for you in business. Um, mm. the, the first of which is post-traumatic growth, which is kind of the, um, when I first stumbled into this um, into this concept, which I, was, which I was introduced to by my PhD supervisor, um, I it just everything kind of clicked. So 
you know, we've probably all heard of um, post-traumatic stress disorder, disorder, PTSD, which is that really um, repetitive thinking, the trauma keeps coming back, it comes back in flashbacks and in nightmares and, and it feels like everything is a trigger. Um, and I would just want to preface this by saying, like, I'm not a psychologist um, and I'm a researcher and an artist at heart. Uh, so I, my perspective on this is a little bit different. Um, but I will talk about these concepts um, and how they can be useful. So I just wanted to put that little caveat yeah. on there. Um, yeah. I've also done a ton of therapy myself. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've also been exposed to other things through that. But um, one of the things I loved about post-traumatic growth as a concept is what it posits is that not every encounter with trauma is negative that actually we can go on to not only bounce back, but to thrive. And so you could imagine my little brain just went like, it literally burst into flames when I heard this, heard this concept. Um, because I was like, wow, there is a, there is a name for that process, you know? And so then it sent me down the path of like, can we predict this? Can we, um, can we nurture it? Can we bolster ourselves for trauma, for life's adversities um, before they even happen. And so that's kind of where I entered into the conversation of post-traumatic growth. Um, mm, I love it. I love this all so, so much. I'm, my best friend and I, Ash, call this the glow up. <laughs> you know, people, you know, you hit rock bottom or you're going through something and then like, you're just like, wow, that person really, you know, alchemized that pain into look at them glow. Yes, yes, exactly. And so my my version of it is called the spiral up. So it's not the downward spiral, but it's like, how can we spiral up? And so um, drawing on this really interesting concept of post-traumatic growth, which was coined in the 90s by a couple of um, American researchers, Tadeshi and Calhoun, um, and, and I mentioned their names because I think it's really important that we acknowledge and celebrate uh, other people's knowledge that we build upon uh, and that we don't just claim it as our own. Um, so what they what their research really um, elucidated was that there are five particular domains in life where post-traumatic growth tends to show up. So um, our first one is um, if you're experiencing post-traumatic growth, you have a tendency to have a, a really strong appreciation of life, um, a greater appreciation of life. Number two, um, you have your relationships with other people deepen or they change in some significant way. The third of which we recognise that there are new possibilities, that there are that there isn't, we're not stuck in a rut, that we're not going to be defined by what we've been through for forever. Number four, um, we have a greater strength of our, uh, sense of our own personal strength. Like we realise that we have agency, which I love that. I love that part of it. Um, and then the fifth is a spiritual change now and we're not talking about religion you know we're not talking about joining cult but like your understanding that there's actually more to life than what you are and what you experience so there's like a a deepening of our understanding of why we're here Mm, wow that is amazing I I love that and I can definitely acknowledge the times in my life where I've had those shifts And it has made all the difference. I've also been on the other side of all, like having zero of those (laughs) qualities, (laughs) where it's like, oh, this sucks. Um, But often, you know, I share about it with my startup journey. It's like I was in, I had zero of those qualities um, or or mindsets. And 
when I was in my nine to five. And I think like looking at that now, I'm like, wow, that's exactly what was happening when I, I shifted from being like the victim to my life and, and taking, having agency over it. Um, and yeah, it's game changing. It really is. And I, I just want to point out too, that when, if we look at the phrase post-traumatic growth, like it's leading, it's like, it's about the growth, um, but it's post-trauma. So um I, I see a lot in, online and on social media, um, particularly in the coaching industry. I do see a lot of people talking about trauma and focusing on the trauma and we've got to heal the trauma and they're not paying any service to the growth, you know, mm. and we're, that, that's very much leading with the negative, which I think we're doing, we're doing ourselves a great disservice when we do that. Um, but what I also wanted to add is that trauma itself, like what defines trauma um, is quite can be quite subjective, right? Depending depending on who we are, our life experience, uh, and and you know what we've been through, our frame of reference. So um, this is often described as like small T and big T trauma, um, and the big T trauma is the stuff that um, that rip like rips apart your world that you you feel like your the grounds come out from beneath your feet. You know, the vase is shattered, you're looking at all the pieces and you're kind of sitting there not, not sure what to do. Whereas the little T traumas are the ones that affect you really personally and you only. Um, and, and they're the things that that have caused you great distress, um, but you can still function in your day-to-day life. But the, the thing that we don't often realise, and, you know, we see this, and I'm guilty of this too, that those small T traumas often... Um, over time can build up to a big T breakdown. And that's, I think, in business, especially if you're in a startup situation or, you know, you're working for yourself, that is the danger, um, I think, of that burnout to me is like a big T trauma. So if you're sitting there thinking like, oh, I haven't been through anything traumatic, I don't, you know, this doesn't apply to me, it's like, well, actually, like, look at your day-to-day, look at the things that cause you stress because they are those little T traumas and they do compound over time. Mm, this is great. I have a question. Is a little T trauma, <laughs> asking for a friend, <laughs> a never-ending to-do list? Oh, 100%, 100%. Because that's like, that's a, um, that's a stress. That's a constant stressor. I would even, call, I would even go as far as to say a never-ending to-do list is a chronic stress. Mm. you haven't yeah sorry yeah I just think that it's such a good topic because I think that yeah as a as a creative and entrepreneur a startup it's like I'm just even thinking about it now I'm like I'm going to tear up my to-do list (laughs) because looking at it and it's always growing and I'm adding to it and then cross things off it's like this bucket that never you know can get full or you know it's this thing that you're just trying to contain but it never ends um, and I was actually lying awake thinking about this the other night. I sat down the other morning and was like, I'm smashing my inbox. And I got all of these emails out and things. And then I was like, I got really proud of myself. I was like, I'm in such a good mood. And I was like, why am I in a good mood? I was like, because I finally did that thing that I kept putting off and it feels good to have my inbox like under control. 
And then I was like, don't get too attached to this feeling because it's going to blow up again in the next two to when you wake up in the morning. Um, and isn't that just a beautiful metaphor for life in general, right? Like we're in this, it's not a linear journey and it's the same with trauma. It's the same with any any adversity that we face. It's cyclical or it's quantum, right? It exists in different ways and we're co- we're constantly moving through these emotional cycles right and so um you know it's i think a lot to do with trauma and this is something that i've been thinking about particularly in terms of creativity which that's the other pillar of my research is looking at um and part part, part of my hypothesis was um i think a daily engagement with creativity and the creative process can actually predict post traumatic growth um, or maybe predict is the wrong word, but it can help to bolster us against life's adversities. Um, and part of that is, you know, speaking to what you're talking about, about conquering your to-do list, is that what creativity does is it la- allows us to build self-efficacy. So it allows us to build our personal strength, which is one of the pillars of post-traumatic growth. So part of my research was connecting those two concepts together and looking at the overlaps of like, okay, like where do these things um, cross over and intersect? And looking at those five areas of post-traumatic growth, can I re- reverse engineer those into practices that will then um, help to create like a shield? So the other way that that's the other way that post-traumatic growth is described is it's like a shield against, um, you know, the inevitable shit storms that are coming. <laughs> mm, I love that. And I, we'll, we'll jump into the practical next steps. But just maybe um, whilst I, we're on the topic, if there's other ones that you, I know for me, once somebody helps me to name that that's, you know, a stressor or, you know, fair and, and someone says to you like, fair enough, you know, you've got a lot going on or whatever, it it instantly is like, okay, cool. Now that I've acknowledged that it's okay to be feeling stressed about this or that this is a traumatic experience, do you want to, uh, then I'm able to then, you know, um, reverse engineer it. But what is um, off the top of your head is there any other kind of list of things that people can, you know, maybe for our creative entrepreneurs can help to identify that they might be stresses or, or you know, little T traumas that might be adding up to a big one or even sharing some big ones just so people can be like, yeah, cool, that's what I might be expressing, experiencing? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, for me, um, a good indication that I'm a little bit off track um, is when I feel resentful or I might be, my fuse might be a little bit shorter than normal. So if, if you're finding that little things are setting you off, uh, like, for example, you check your inbox and you see there's like eight emails when you've just gotten on top of it and you just you feel yourself just go, oh, like that could be an indication that you've got a little bit of small T trauma happening. Um, Mm. also about how you're sleeping is another huge one. Like if you're finding that you are, um, uh, waking up at various times throughout the night, particularly around the two to 3am mark, Uh that's me. Ding, ding, ding. Um, that's actually, um, so the other, the other side of what, how I've been extending my research is I've been looking into a lot of neuroscience and, um, that's actually a, a prime time of day for a cortisol spike 
So if you're if you're stressed in your um, in your day to day, going to sleep doesn't necessarily solve that. Um, so yeah, if you're finding yourself waking up around two two to three a.m., that could also be an indication that you you've got just a little bit more um, stress than you can manage. Because we've got to remember too, stress is a good thing. Putting out putting out you know, and, and case in point is when we work out. We we lift weights to make ourselves stronger. So we do need a little bit of mental weight. Uh, to grow and to expand. Um, but when it starts, when you start to notice some of those physical and emotional symptoms, um, that's when I think it's time to, you know, take the take the foot off the gas just a touch. You don't have to drop everything. You don't have to move to an ashram in India and find mm-hmm. yourself. But um, you just need to take, you know, five, ten minutes out um, to just recenter um, and reconnect with what's really important to you. Mm. Yeah, I think that's good to use simple examples like that because I think, you know, we were talking about this before, it's that, you know, trauma has often been um, this big, you know, dramatic word or experience and it definitely has those big ones. But, you know, I think always being available on social media, you know, or or having that constant um, stress of, uh, I mean, for me it's like the expectation, I guess, of being you know, online. Um, And then the other one, I was just thinking about me this morning too. Obviously, I've got all these book launch events coming up in the next six weeks. And, you know, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, everything was open and great and borders were easy. And then Melbourne had their lockdown. And then, you know, I've just woken up to news about lockdown um, cases here in Sydney. And I think that was, I was like, yeah, that's, it's almost like that anxiety of like, here we go again. And what, you know, this is going to be a logistical nightmare to try and figure out how to get between all of these states and rejigging them. And, you know, what does that mean? Um, And so for me, you know, my mum called me and I was like, oh, this is going to be about the cases. (laughs) And so I just didn't answer. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And then I would. I think that's fair too. Like, I really think that's fair. You know, we, um, there's not a lot in this world that we can control, but we can control, um, you know, what information we take in and who has access to us. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think acknowledging too that what we've been through in 2020, regardless of where you were and what level of lockdown you experienced, that is our collective shared trauma. We -hmm. have that in common now. Um, and we need that needs to be almost like a little um, it needs to be in the T's and C's of everything that you do now, um, mm. because we have to make space to integrate that um, and learn and, and be able to really use it as fuel to um, to move forward. And one of the key ways to do that is that we can look at it um, and make make meaning from it that is specific to us. Um, mm. But it's no easy feat because, um, you know, when we're talking about growth, um, particularly in the context of trauma, where we also talk about coping um, and how we cope and what we do to cope and and what you're what you're doing here by you know not answering the phone by you know limiting that that's a coping mechanism just as much mm. as it is a way to protect yourself. So um, I think being aware of our our patterns of behaviour too, um, you know before before COVID and now during it. Um, can also help us pinpoint what kind of practices we need to build moving forward um, rather than thinking like it's a one-size-fits-all approach, which I think is is the danger, you know, of social media. And I see, I see it every day when I, you know, scroll through my feed. It's like 
do these five things to heal do you know take these five courses to heal it's like well is that exactly what I need right now maybe what I need is nothing Mm. (laughs) maybe I just need to sit and maybe I just need to think or maybe I need to talk to my best friend for an hour you know like it's not it's it's not a one-size-fits-all Absolutely. And I think awareness is such a big key because I think that was, excuse me, the thing that has, that I kind of was lucky that I have that practice, I guess, of meditation or I was, you know, I don't have kids or anyone else. So I was able to take a big long shower and really just feel the um, the stress rising in my body and the, the anxious energy and just be like, and I get, and I said that to myself, I was like, okay, you know that everything is changing at the drop of a hat again, and that that's an you know that's a stressor, and that's okay. And I just allowed it, and rather than being like, oh my god, um, and just kind of witnessed it. But I think that's so true because you know you can't if you don't have that awareness, you will do the five billion courses, you will try the you know the billion different tips and tricks and all the things that other people, but if, yeah, it's that conscious awareness of your, of what you need right now. Yeah. And I think, um, so, you know, we hear a lot about, about journaling, which is a really um, important and, you know, it's a practice that I've been leaning on for a really long time. Um, But journaling itself is a vehicle. It is a practice. It is a thing to do. What it is carrying or creating a container for is um, self-expression um, and, and the way that that is, is delivered or experienced, um, especially through a post-traumatic growth lens, is through this idea of expressive writing. So um, what writing does is it allows us to externalise our feelings and our thoughts and see it as something separate to us, which, again, is a layer of that awareness piece. Um and there are other, lots of other little ways that you can do that by um, creating a little bit of distance between, you know, what you what you think and what you feel um, and what you do, because it's not just a um, it's not just about uh, getting to the next phase. You know, we have we we only have this present moment that we're in. The past is the past. The future is unknown. We have a small window through which to experience life. Um, and I think, yeah, taking taking a beat, taking a moment. To, to look at what's around you, not, not from a place of like I have to use this to get to the next spot, but it's like how can I just be in this moment? Um, and this is part of that spiritual change. You know, it's understanding that, you know, while I am a body in this world, I am also, you know, a spirit and energy and I exist, you know, as part of the collective whole, not separate to it. So there's like a lot, there's a lot of different ways you can you can push this conversation depending on, you know, what you believe and where you're at in life and what you need, which is why, um, which is why I've, you know, I guess I've fallen so much in love with it because it it it's so positively geared, but not in that toxic positivity way. Mm, yes, that's very, very true. I mean, I I do, I am tempted to take this conversation into the holographic universe realm, (laughs) which you and I could do in a private session because I love that whole idea of the collective consciousness and, you know, even, you know, thoughts and feelings that we have. And I know that you're a huge Dr. Joe's fan as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know the the thoughts and feelings are, are passing, and they're often stories that we've we've told ourselves, and they're not always real. Um, so creating that space, but anyway, well, let's stay on. To- <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the- 
part two of the conversation, we'll talk about how the universe is a hologram. That <laughs> um, okay, so creative entrepreneurs, we've got, I think step one is being like, hey, some of these like never-ending to-do lists, lots of emails, always being available on social media, um, you know, getting a no. I got this question the other day, which I thought was really good. Um, you know, when things don't go to plan and maybe somebody says no or they, you know, don't want to, you know, collaborate with you or you've pitched yourself for something and you got rejected, um, maybe there's a perceived failure or setback in in how you thought things were going to work out or then even just, I know for me, it's like sometimes things aren't moving quick enough. <laughs> Why isn't this working? Mm-hmm. All um, stresses, right? Yeah, oh, 100%. And um, this is where I think um, the Eastern traditions have definitely got it right and where we in the West um, suffer at the hands of the capital- capitalist machine and imperative, right, not to get all political on you, but um, mm. because what we don't, what we don't realise is, um, you know, no, no is a decision. It's, it's, not a, it's not a judgment. And so when somebody says no to you, it's they've decided and if we look at the word you know as a copywriter as a writer I always go to the etymology of words and so a decision when you know the the root of that word actually means to cut off so what they're actually doing is that they're just they're just stopping one path in its tracks you know one of many and so um I think part of the issue is that you know when someone tells us no and this is stems right back to childhood it's because generally we've done something wrong. And, like, aren't we all just little kids in adult bodies at this point? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's understanding that, like, you know, it's it's okay. Like, no's are actually a good thing. Like, for me, a no is a yes because it, it, it puts, it stops one particular train of thought or one particular pattern from happening. So I'm like, okay, that's one less thing I have to worry about. What else is left? And again, this is where I, I, I dip back to my post-traumatic growth lens and I go, new possibilities. I think to myself, so this isn't a possibility. Someone has said, no, not now, not maybe not ever, and that's okay. Um, and there is going to be a sting in that um, that you have to sit with and allow to pass, you know, because again, emotions, energy and motion is just something that needs to go through, needs to go through you. Um, and then I go, okay, what what's next? What's next? And my my general answer for most things most questions most dead ends is like get creative like what can I do now what what's what's something that I can do to first of all like love on myself because you know life is hard being a human is difficult um but what can I do um to to first like take care of myself in a self-soothing way like if someone said no to me it was something that I was really hoping for like what other evidence in my life can I gather um, to show myself that, hey, look, look at all these other amazing things you've done. You know, this is just a, one, one of a billion things that could potentially happen right now. Um, and then that taps into that appreciation of life of like, wow, like, yeah, I didn't get that client, but I have all of these other clients on my books, you know? Mm. Oh man, this is good. I think we need to write a workbook. Yes. <laughs> let's, put, let's put let's put a workbook together for this episode because I think this is an, a nice little journaling exercise or just a practice that people can keep with them, which I reckon would be cool. Um, but maybe 
I love that. I love it so much because it's um, it's something that we can learn as a as a coping mechanism, whether it's that in the moment when the email comes through or, you know, when um, you're in a conversation or it's, a, you know, a little daily stressor or whatever. So great. This is really, really good. So the next, once we've kind of started to feel that experience of the feeling, the emotion, the setback, the failure, the overwhelm, all those feels, what, how then do we apply um, the, the post-traumatic growth um, strategies or so the things you talked about in terms of appreciation of life, deepening relationships, recognizing new possibilities, a sense of strength and spiritual change. Where do, how do we, how do we activate those? And I'm really also interested because I think through my own therapy journey as well is something you said earlier. I was like, oh, that's a good reminder because as a, um, as a problem solver, natural problem solver, I can definitely tend to try to move straight out of the feeling and the emotion. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, even when you were talking about sleep before and I was like, oh, (laughs) it's, you know, probably moving out of the emotion too much too quickly means that I'm suppressing it and it's waking me up at night. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and look, there's there there is so many things that you can do. So first of all, um, I guess the first thing is uh, is to really tap into those new possibilities, and it's the conversation. It starts with the conversation and the relationship you have with yourself, which is why you know journaling um, and also having conversations with other people about what you're going through. Um, is really, really beneficial. It's not just about like having a whinge or, you know, venting on paper. What that does is it gives you a vocabulary and a way to express yourself. Um, And, you know, I'm not sure if many, many people are aware aware of the work of Gabor Mate. He's a Hungarian, um, I think Hungarian or Turkish, can't remember which one, um, medical doctor who talks about how emotional repression can actually cause physical illness. And so um, key to all of this is self-expression. And you can do that in a variety of different ways, verbal and non-verbal. So part of it, I think, is like developing, um, finding channels where you feel safe enough to express yourself. Um, A lot of women, um, quickest way to do that is call your biz bestie and say, holy crap, this just happened. I'm a mess. Can we go grab a wine or a coffee? You know? Um, that's a really simple way to do it because what that will do is it'll get you out of your head because oftentimes I find, especially if it's a really big setback or if something hasn't worked out that I was really banking on, if I go to my journal, I'm just going to wind myself up. If I keep talking to myself, I'm going to wind myself up. Um, Mm. So deepening those relationships with the people around you and investing in those. Um, And oftentimes I find that when I... I just say it out loud to somebody, immediately the gas is like let out, like the pressure valve is released released Mm. because I've told someone about it and I've got it out. So I think the first step is just to get out those emotions. Um, You might also, um, if you don't want to talk to anyone, if you're not ready to yet, if you can't face the paper, um, physically um, shaking, like Dr. Jim Gordon is another good uh, resource in this area. He does these like really bizarre shaking exercises where you literally just stand there and like jiggle your body around for five minutes. Um, Because what that also does is it like 
activates the body, activates the nervous system, calms you down. So um, you can sort of see now there's a lot of different ways that you can approach um, pulling yourself out of that emotional um, pit. Um, mm. I've been doing a lot of dancing lately, actually, yes. which I yes, feel like is perfect. The it's like the, uh, you know, I just get up and put a song on that's in the mood of what the feeling is in my body. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And it reset, it gets you out of your head. Yeah, and look, um, you know, one of the um, one of the things I will sort of say, um, if you are still in the throes of like a big T trauma, or if something has just, you know, you feel like you've been absolutely punched in the guts and totally winded, you probably won't even have the energy to do anything. Um, so at that point, I think what's really, really important um, is to is to is to just stay where you are drink water um, and, and and there will come a time, I think, when you will have that energy, you'll feel a little flicker of energy. Um, but also if it doesn't come, like that's a really good signal to you to get professional help. And I want to be really, really um, clear about this, that, the, that that is a really important step if you feel like you can't, if everything is too overwhelming, that is something that we need to normalize. We need to normalize getting getting right the right kind of help um, because we can't do everything on our own. And that's what post-traumatic growth says. If you look at those five life areas, a lot of it is relying on the world and a lot of it is about other people. So, you know, it's mm. yes, it's about getting out of your head, but oftentimes we can't and and that's okay. And that's yeah. okay. I've definitely been there before where it's like the only thing I've been able to do is like get in the bath or yeah. lie on the couch and cry or, um, yeah, definitely. Well, even, even the crying, right? Like that, mm. that is an emotional release. And mm. so, again, it's like how can I, you know, when you're in that state that's just so catatonic, how can I just let a little bit of this out in a way that that isn't storing it, you know, and oftentimes it's those really primal responses of, crying it's screaming it's punching a pillow you know it's like like shaking yourself until you just feel a little bit more um like less numb and in your body right so Mm. um there is there is like a um I want to say a spectrum of responses that depending on how um how um, how much emotion you're experiencing there are different practices or different things that you can use to snap yourself out of it you've also heard of like the cold water theory jumping in and having a freezing cold shower that is amazingly great for pulling you out of whatever's happening in your head so uh that could also be something that um that you could use if you feel if you feel just as if you're you've got tunnel vision right because um, that's often what happens when we end up in that trauma, that really intense emotional space is that we get tunnel vision. All we can focus on is what we're feeling, you know, and the processes, the practices I'm talking about and what post-traumatic growth talks about is about widening our perspective, dilating, dilating our experience so that we can let more in and start to balance out and emotionally regulate ourselves. Mm, I love that. And I think... Something I was just thinking then is like when I've been in that tunnel vision, so if something hasn't gone well and I've had feedback or a setback or, you know, I feel like I failed in some way, when I'm in that tunnel vision, I tend to then 
look for evidence to validate that story. It's like, you know, you've had a conversation or whatever and then you look at your inbox and be like, look at all these other things I haven't done. And it, yeah, that's where, you you know, the spiral down <laughs> happens because you, you, you don't. And sometimes the most empowering thing, which almost is like one of those things is, taking back the agency of your life and being like, this was an experience. It's, and it's not, you know, whatever, this is not me and it's not going to last forever. It doesn't define who I am. And by choosing to shut the computer and hop in the bath at midday, I, it also gives me, I'm like, okay, I do have some agency if it's just this. Yes. And this is part of what I, you know, a lot of therapists talk about this, especially when we're talking about the way that we view the world, you know, in, in CBT, that's, you know, our, our schemas. It's like that schema, um, the little lenses through which we look at the world, right? And to change these thought patterns, um, like it's not, it's not easy. It takes time and it takes constant practice. And, you know, I'm reminded um, Judith Lassiter, who is uh, an American yogi, has a really incredible quote, which is um, about yoga but can be applied to, to everything else, is, Life is practice, practice is life. So a lot of what my research explored is like um, on a daily level, because sometimes, you know, when we when we want to when we we want to be somewhere else, we want to be somebody else, be somewhere else, be someplace else, we're focusing on that place being so far away, <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, but it's the little things that we do, it's the small, the ways that we can start small every single second. They're the what they're that's actually how it changes. That's how we transform. And so a lot of what I look at is like, okay, let's look at our daily habits, our daily patterns, like where we are in life, um, and just make really small tweaks one at a time. Because also, you know, if you are battling massive to-do lists, if you have a family and kids, if you have, if you have a business partner or employees, like your bandwidth for personal change is gonna be like. Point point oh 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 three percent. It's going to be very very small. Um, so I think yeah, it's 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 starting small and acknowledging where you're at right now, um, and and that conversation that we can have for ourselves, even if we have to fake it at first, you know, even if you you're not um, you're not feeling a hundred percent, but you know you feel that desire to change, and you feel that little little flicker of a flame in your belly going. I just don't want to be like, I don't want to feel this anymore. You know, we can be really kind to ourselves and, and coax ourselves as if we would a little child, you know. Kid falls over and scrapes their knee, you know. You don't yell at them and say, get up, <laughs> like get mm-hmm. up and walk. Like, no, you you drop to their level and, and you just be there. You put an arm around them, right? So mm-hmm. making ourselves feel safe, I feel like, I feel like that is something that needs to be a priority for everybody, regardless yeah. of where you are in the world. You know, we and we also owe it to each other to help uh, everyone else feel safe too. Mm, uh, yeah, that's such a beautiful analogy. Someone once taught me this, which is, you know, in times of stress, I've always asked, like it's my inner dialogue, which is um, asking yourself, what would someone who loves themselves do? 
And if you think about how you love, you know, if your friend came to you and said, I'm really stressed and I've got all this stuff going on. And, you know, I think that's where the conversation with Amy came out. And today's conversation is that both you and Amy have been those people for me where you can just have really real conversations and be like, this fucking sucks. And, well, it's hard or, you know, and I am overwhelmed. And, you know, how you would respond to a friend in need it's so hard to do that for yourself and, and starting to catch that and practice that. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's, there's this myth and I, and, you know, and I, again, I just shake my fist at, um, you know, our capitalist society uh, that, that, you know, that we have to be, you know, the tough upper lip that we have to take it on the chin and keep going and push, push, push. But you know what, like some of the greatest things Actually, I would say the greatest things I've created in my life have come from the hardest moments, mm. you know, and there's value in that of, of turning that pain into power, of using that overwhelm as fuel to, to blast you into your next, you know, to the next place that you're going to go rather than, you know, that dipping into that victim mentality and thinking like, oh, it's never going to change, you know, all these kinds of, you know, that that negative conversation. And, I mean, I still have that, but I am con- I consciously work on making that conversation shorter and shorter and shorter as each day goes by because I'm not, no one's immune to it, you know. The, we need all of these emotions in order to appreciate the grandiosity of life. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. It's so true. I think with me, the way that I've helped myself with the overwhelm, which might be helpful for other people, is look, I sit down and do that journal exercise and be like, what is overwhelming me? What is urgent? What that, what don't I need to be doing? What can I outsource? Where can I ask for help? And for me, it's been reiterating the business model so that there is more automation or a, a virtual assistant and you know, cutting back on on too much one-on-one time with people and things like that. So looking, it, it actually helped, it forced me to say I there's only so much time in the day and my time is pretty much maxed out. So if you're going to keep growing and scaling a business and releasing a book and all these things, what it, what needs to change in order to create space? Yes, and, and understanding too that, not everybody's 24 hours are the same. That is one of my least favourite uh, movements that, you know, if Beyonce's got 24 hours in a day, you can do it too. It's like, no, our, our own understanding and experience of time is so different to the person next to us and we have different energy levels, different capacities, different um, things that, that light us up and, and our strengths and the things that we're not so great at. Um, but from a, you've just reminded me actually, um, and I'll, I'll um, just tag on to what you've said, from a growth, post-traumatic growth perspective, some of the questions that we can ask when, um, st- you know, stuff goes pear-shaped is, number one, like, um, what about this can I appreciate? Like, what, what, in, mm. what in this, what are, you know, what is good about this? One. A second, second thing you can do is like, who can I turn to for Who can I ask for advice about this so that I don't repeat this again or that this maybe this doesn't happen again or who's been through this before that I can talk to to get some perspective? Um, three, like 
what yes this didn't happen but but what what has it what are some other things that I can do right now to to really move the needle forward in terms of um yeah like okay this one thing didn't happen but but maybe there's something that I'm missing and so looking at the different pieces of the puzzle and really unpacking the series of events that happened to get you to where you are um and then yeah I there's just an understanding too of like what did I do in this situation that I'm really proud of, mm. especially if it's something that's hard? You know, what do I admire about myself in this moment? Maybe it was like I didn't, you know, I didn't completely lose my shit this time or, you know, I'm really proud of myself for taking the risk in the first place, you know, because I think we're so quick to focus on what went wrong, but we, we tend to forget that there was a process that led up to that, that we trusted wholeheartedly, even if the outcome didn't go. So I think those moments when, when you've taken that risk and you've taken that step, um, that is the growth journey. That is your growth moment is recognising that it happened because then you have that knowledge and you can use that to then dictate your next path. Mm, yeah, that's amazing. And I think I'm just reflecting on like, I even tend to when something doesn't go right, like example is that um, I wrote a book and then my publisher said, oh, you know, let us know if there's anything else. And everyone was always like, so what's the next book? This is one of many. And so not long after I submitted my first manuscript, I started writing a, a concept for a second book and um, got really excited by it. And then the publisher came back and was like, oh, yeah, we think it needs a bit of work and can you, you know, just all this feedback. And I just, I focused, the fact that I had just written a book that I, you know, worked my ass off to do, like it meant nothing. <laughs> and I was just so focused on the fact that I hadn't got my second book deal yet. And, yeah, that realisation where you, you downplay the fact that you've just written a book and focus on the fact that you haven't got your second book deal written yet. <laughs> Well, well, I mean that. I mean that reminds me of you know you hear um, about bands and why it's so hard to do the second album is because they've just spent ten years writing the first one. Mm. Yet we're expected to in a year write you know create the second one. So for you, like your book is the culmination of the last you know however many like thirty years of your life, right? Mm. Yet, yeah. yet we're expected to right away and within a year have a second book. So. Um, We've got to, there's got to be, I think, a little bit more space and time given to that creative process um, to allow the ideas on their own to percolate because, you know, I, I truly believe that we are the vessels for the ideas, not the generators. Yeah, that's so true. I think that this book, I, the n- number of times that I was like, oh, yeah, I'd like to write a book, I'd like to write a book, and it was never clear to me. And then I did the How to Start a Side Hustle talk for like two years straight for free at General Assembly and whoever else would let me on their platform became known for how to start a side hustle. And then all of a sudden the book deal comes and I was like, oh yeah, I know this content inside out because I've just been presenting it. And it was like, this is the perfect time and the fact, you know, everything about it. Um, And I had to remind myself of that, of being like, you know, the whatever is meant to happen, you know, whatever I'm experiencing right now is preparing me for whatever comes next, you know. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll reinforce that and validate that for you with the fact that, you know, I finished my, I started my PhD in, at the end of 2013. 
and mm. finished it in 2017. And I've been sitting on this research for forever because, and I didn't, I didn't necessarily, I know, I know I've got a book in me, but I don't think it's about that. And so I had to wait for the world to catch up <laughs> mm. um, for the, for the right technology to be there so that I could share this in a way that's more experiential, like a course or a program rather than it being a book because it, you know, growth and creativity, it's something that you have to um, experience, not just learn about, you know. Mm, for sure. Absolutely. Okay, this is such amazing conversation. I want to just get back to wrapping with our um, our tips. So we've got, um, I'm taking notes here. So I think Marion and I, I'm just going to commit you to this now. <laughs> Might do some, I'll, I'll just re um maybe hash some of these points and and send them out as a as a workbook with this podcast because I think this will be really nice for people to keep um but I've got so far we've got step one is get out the emotions or having conversations with somebody else having uh, self-expression whether that's through movement get out of your own head say it out loud shake it out you know ask some of those those questions if it's really dark you can you can um consider reaching out to professional help. Um, And then I've got step two is to start small and to take back some of that agency. So, you know, what is good about this conversation? What's some little tweaks I can, um, situation, sorry. What's some tweaks I can make, you know, what what, um, acknowledging where you're at and that you've got that little fire that is a desire to change and how can you kind of coax yourself into, you know, what's next um, what else have we got in terms of moving from those trauma spaces into a glow up or a spiral up and um, finding the those qualities that we've talked about, the appreciation of life, et cetera? Yeah, so a big one is um, our sense of our own personal strength. Um, and I think this has to come after the emotional release because it's really hard to um, to understand your own power when your own power is overwhelming you. So I think um, anything that you can do to amplify your best qualities. So for example, um, and, and you know, you can take take all of these things as literally as you like to, you know, so when, when I'm talking about appreciating life, like stop where you are right now. If you're out on a walk right now, listening to this podcast, just stop and have a look around and see what jumps out at you as something beautiful because appreciation and beauty are really closely linked and it's taking that, just taking that millisecond to stop and appreciate what's around you. And, that you know, that might be as simple as like, wow, I just took a really nice deep breath and that felt really great Um, because when we can learn to, yeah, to, and I think Tony Robbins is like case in point for saying this, is when you trade your expectations for appreciation, like it just changes the game for you. So, um, and then our personal strength, um, literally, like look at the different aspects of your being, you know, your physical, emotional, mental um, and spiritual health. How can I strengthen those, you know? And so that might be like, oh, I, I need to um, work on my body some more. I need to, I need to have um, more vulnerable conversations with my friends, with the people I trust. I need to expose myself to um to to works of art or to um to movies to podcasts to tv shows that talk about this stuff because i don't have the language yet 
right? So I think it's about recognising where you are and looking for ways to amplify the best parts of you. Um, And then, um, you know, you spoke about um, delegating and hiring. It's like, well, okay, then how can I surround myself with other people or other things um, that that are the parts of myself that I'm not so confident on so that I can raise everything at the same time so I can plug those gaps? Mm. Yeah, that, I'm actually quite good at this. <laughs> I think I did that this morning in the shower, yeah. you know. Like I was like, I have running hot water over me, the sun shining through my window, and that my crystal was making a rainbow. And I was like, wow, that's so beautiful. That's um, so awesome. Yeah, but I think that also I've done things as well, sometimes being a, a practical doer and is, you know, sometimes I might just cook a meal because I know I like to cook and, you know, that's a little happy place for me where I can be like what's something really yummy I can eat um or you know going for a run or would would doing something if you look at your to-do list and going what's an easy task here that I've been wanting to do or that I know I'm good at like um does that help yeah absolutely those little quick wins um that can start to help build that evidence of your success so that's another part of it right if you're looking for ways to um to build your own personal strength like you've got a memory you've got um a history look back and go okay when at at what times in my life was i did i feel my best or did i did i outperform myself did i win something did i totally nail Um, an email, you know, you can start to build that evidence and literally collect it. Like I've got a folder on my computer. You know, a lot of people talk about collecting client testimonials, but I literally, anytime anyone on an email, social media, a text message, someone gives me a compliment or says like, wow, that was amazing. I collect it and I put it in a folder so that when I'm feeling particularly like garbage, I can go to that folder um, and it's there and it's a reminder and it, and it helps. It just it gives you that little, like, it reminds you of who you are, which is like an amazing, powerful being. Mm, I love that. It's something that I actually have in my overwhelm of my to-do list and my business model. Um, I actually sat down and was like, made a list and I said, what aspects of my business do I love, do I thrive, that I'm in my field of excellence where I, you know, it's flow state for me and it is podcasting and Instagram TVs and um, speaking gigs and I often go into that space. So I'm like, okay, I, I remember doing this a while back and um, sat down and was like, cool, how can I do more speaking gigs? And then I started reaching out to General Assembly and saying, Let, let's do more of, you know, let's, you know, here's some talk ideas. And I, I started getting back and giving advice on Instagram and um, and recording more podcasts as well and just putting myself back in my in the strengths, knowing that sometimes the details and keeping up with emails and things aren't my strength and that do overwhelm me. Um, yeah. But- and I think too, like, um, I mean, first of all, in that example, you hit like two, three, four of the four of the five post-traumatic growth areas. Like you got an appreciation for life because you're like, wow, mm-hmm. I can do all these amazing things. You've deepened your relationships by reaching out to people to ask to do more of what you love, which is reinforcing your personal strength. And you realize there's new possibilities like, oh, I can do these things. You know, there's more possibility because I I just need to talk to more people. Right. I need to get more messages Mm. out. And then that's the self-expression, which is the key to it. Right. By expressing what you value and what is important to you, it facilitates the deepening of all those other aspects of your life. And what you'll find 
Um, and this is what I see with myself too, um, is like the more that I focus on the things, doing the things in my business that I love, um, the things that I don't like become a part of the service to the things that I do like. And so mm. they become less things that I avoid because they're in service of the things that I love. Yeah, that that's you nailed it there. It's like they have a meaning all of a sudden. Yeah. It's not yeah. like this, you know, dragging your feet. It's like if I sit down and discipline myself to do this, then the reward is going to be this of the thing that it's and it's so it serves that way. If I if I email this person um, for this opportunity, I'll get to do more of what I love, which means that when I do more of what I love, I will bring in more money. So I can um, start to, you know, get people to support me who love doing what I don't love doing and then everybody mm. wins. Oh, you know? I nailed it. That is like, <laughs> this is like conscious business 101. This is fabulous. goes to show you can't actually not do this work on yourself and run a great business. You know, this makes this myth-busting self-worth yes. and imposter syndrome and procrastination and everything. And, and this is this is something that I'm coming to understand, especially as I get older, is that I don't have to focus on the concepts of the things that I'm feeling. I can feel them and still kick ass anyway. Mm, yeah, what you focus on expands. I love this. I think something else that you said earlier, which I think is important to that moving space, um, is getting creative. So mm-hmm. when something doesn't, um, you've said it a few times now, and I think it's brilliant because, you know, I look at that situation I just shared where it feels really shit. I feel really overwhelmed. Create space um, and get creative. And and when you get creative and go, okay, what else? And I think it's, you know, advice that I give to often a lot of clients who might come in and say, oh, I'm not making any sales or, you know, things aren't, you know, converting or whatever. And I'm like, who else doesn't know about you yet? You know, and that's such an easy question to be like, where else is your target market that you need to go and and go to them and make sure that they know that the value that you've got to offer them. Um, And, you know, I think that if getting stepping back and getting creative and asking some of those questions about, you know, what went wrong, but what, what am I good at and where do I need to go and take that? means that you can take that, you know, you feel in control all of a sudden and be like, okay, that wasn't the be all and end all. Um, what else can I do here? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you brought this up. I mean, this is, this to me feels like a, this is a life lifelong conversation I'm going to have. So <laughs> I'll try to rein it in a little bit. Um, but um, there's a huge myth um, around creativity that it's not for everybody. Um, and Part of the reason is because creativity is being conflated with artistry or being an artist or being artistic. And so um, what I love about um, this definition of creativity that I've been, you know, playing with and experimenting with, which I borrow a lot from Julia Cameron um, and her book, The Art of Play. Yep, she's amazing. Um, Is that um, creativity um, is about connecting, how you connect the dots. That's actually the true creative moment. So when when you know when you're asked when you're advising people to ask questions like, you know, who else doesn't know about you? What you're doing is you're you're adding another point, um, another dot in their field of possibility um, for them to connect to. And the most creative people um, actually connect the dots and they bring different ideas together 
in really surprising and uncommon ways. And that's actually where the newness, that's where it, that's where it lives. Mm, that's very well said. And I think that, you know, that it, is exactly how this podcast came to be as the you know you and I mostly ranting and being like oh whoops we're meant to be business coaching but to creative people being like how can we apply this work and give it as a tool for people who are on this creative journey as a startup or an entrepreneur Oh, oh amazing we could go on for hours. I know that there's so much more to share, but I might um, start wrapping it up and, and get any other further info of in terms of, I mean, there's so much amazing advice and from practical stuff to theory and understanding it and background research and questions and journaling. Um, but is there anything else that you would like to add in terms of moving in using post-traumatic growth when um, after some trauma in your life or, you know, ongoing trauma? What else is there? Any other last words of wisdom or we could always do a part two? Yeah, oh, I would love to because, um, I mean, the we didn't even really get a chance to talk about how creativity plays into this um, that much. But uh, I guess one, one quote that I'll share that um, sticks with me a lot when I think about life's adversities because you know no one no one leaves this earth untouched we are all going to go through our own dark night of the soul um and what I want the the quote I want to share is by Beth Moore and she says your trauma is not your fault but your healing um is your responsibility and I want to preface the word responsibility not as something that you have to do but if we break the word down into its two parts it's our um, response ability so our ability to respond so so while what you've been through you didn't ask for it you do have the power and always have the choice with how you respond to things and um, I think um, layering into that is like um, how can I make this meaningful to myself? Not to anybody else, but what what meaning can I draw from this? Um, because for me, the hardest things I've been through, I've been able to integrate because I've asked that question, what does this mean? What does this mean to me? What will this mean for me moving forward? Um, and, and, yeah, just taking those really small steps every day um, to, to ask the question and to just observe, like, a lot of this stuff, you know, it sounds like there's a lot to do, but really it's that awareness and of just noticing within yourself what's happening and what's going on um, and then allowing yourself um, a little bit of reprieve to experience it. Mm, so beautiful. I love that quote. Absolutely. There's so, there's so much amazing wisdom in here and things that people can take home and hopefully action. And I think You've really nailed it there with, you know, it, it is not you and who you are. It doesn't have to define you. And you, we, at every moment, we, we get to have a choice. And I think you're exactly that point that you made is that it, when you embody it, you know, it's like, I know for me, it's like when I feel trigger or pain or trauma or overwhelm or whatever it is, my first reaction often is to try and get rid of it and like, like throw it out of my body or numb it or talk myself out of it. And, you know, and whenever I get to that point of like, that doesn't work <laughs> and it's <laughs> then, and go, okay, what is this? What do I need to feel? What's going on? What's the truth behind the matter? 
Um, yeah, and and then go into those action points of either journaling or talking or asking um, some big questions and getting creative. Um, then it's like, oh, okay, it's not as bad as it seems. And the the real trick is observing it and being like, okay, this is here. What is this experience? I'm not going to tell a story to it. I'm just going to allow it to be here and then use Marion's fabulous tips and workbook. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess, and, and, you know, just to add a little bit more to that, um, the challenge is when things happen, when bad stuff happens, the challenge is not to react but to respond. Mm. You absolutely nailed that. And creative genius, I'm so grateful for the work that you've done and how you're bringing it into the world that you called me about coaching and that we've had the pleasure of working together this last year and really diving into this. And I have no doubt it is going to be super helpful for myself and lots of other people out there on this journey. Thank you so, so much, Marion, Dr. Marion Parker. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.